This is episode 473 of the Macworld podcast for September 9th, 2015. We're brought to you this week by Red Hat and Casper. Well, good afternoon, listeners. We're coming to you at a slightly later time, if you're listening to us just as we posted with the Macworld podcast. I am a senior contributor to Macworld, Glenn Fleischman, and your regular host. Susie Oakes, uh, the executive editor of Macworld, is busily working on a bazillion articles because today, you may have heard, on September 9th, uh, there are a lot of announcements. Apple released a hundred bazillion new products, with each with fractal details, and uh, I'm going to talk about those today with our special guest, John Moltz. Hello, John Moltz. Hello, Glenn. John is a regular contributor to Macworld, senior contributor, and the writer of VeryNiceWebsite.net, where you can read about very nice things. It's true. It's very nice, John. Uh, That's why it's it's in the name. John, you're a longtime Apple user, follower, writer. Um, This seemed like a lot of stuff today. Yeah, it was pretty big. Well, there was a lot of uh, speculation leading up to it, whether the iPad was really going to be included in this one, because most years in the past, they've separated those two things out. And this time around, nope, they jammed it all into one. And they kind of packed everything in. There really wasn't a lot of dead weight in there yeah i thought they had a better uh, clip i mean there were a few moments that lagged but yeah the, the last one they did uh was that in Mar- i'm blanking out not that the june one wasn't as bad it was uh well no that was kind the, of the music it was one. the music oh, one yeah. went to on the and music then the earlier part one it was on. in march they were, yeah so it kind of lagged so this one it was like okay i'm going to show you this boop 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 and now i'm leaving the stage i was like oh that was yeah. good so i think yeah i mean did- it's funny because the, there were a couple of pieces where it seemed like okay we we've seen enough of that particular part um but they did that at the expense of including things that they otherwise could have been talked about mm-hmm. um, because they didn't mention El Capitan at all. Yeah, that's interesting. Although this is the thing uh, immediately my Twitter feed started burning up was an email that Cred Federici showed as part right, of the demo right. said, yeah, El Capitan only as a, shipping 930. Like, right. Oh. Only as an Easter egg did they talk about El Capitan. It was, was cute though. I kind of... <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> and it got out. The news got out. Yeah. I guess, you know, one way or the other, it worked, but they still. Didn't, they didn't have to do anything. Well, I figure let's go through. We can go through in the order because there was so much to cover. I think, um, and actually, I think the order in which they covered things partly represents the priority to them, too. I mean, I mean, that's not accidental, but I think it's probably, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of the, the right priority in terms of what they're working on. So they started with. Uh, you know, the overview is watch OS stuff, iPad Pro and accessories, Apple TV refresh, which was very well accept- expected and kind of met almost everything we thought was going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, and new iPhones. And so, you know, four kind of major different things, all of them somewhat related, but really distinct products, too. I mean, they were part right. of an ecosystem. Uh, no mention of Macs today, no mention of El Capitan, and um, no mention of iPod socks, which I thought was a very omission. <laughs> Very strange. I don't, I don't Usually, this is the uh, the time of year when you get new iPod socks. You got yeah. You know, so, well, what else are you going to hang up to get Santa Claus to put <laughs> iPods in your stockings? Well, so uh, we started with uh, watch uh, primarily talking about Watch OS two, which has been anticipated obviously for months since it was mm-hmm. discussed, and and Apple talked more about what Watch OS two would be like. Uh, I think that any I found it yeah, and I found it interesting that it was uh, Williams um, Scott Williams is that his name. Um, it was the, the chief of operations instead of to date, it, it has always been um, Kevin Lynch. 
formerly of Adobe, um, well, who is who is doing doing most of the uh, watch operating system stuff. Yeah, I wonder if they're trying to you know take it down a peg because it wasn't a big announcement, so it was a little more low key. Mm-hmm. It's like, and they've been talking. I mean, at some level, they've been talking about Watch OS two since last September. Like yeah. you know, hey, we're going to ship this thing with some features, and then it's going to have more. So this is the they were telling us what we knew, and they didn't spend much time on it. They're like, hey, it's going to you know, they gave us a date. Uh, so we know it's, uh, you know, going to be shipping, uh, at the same time as iOS nine. Um, and, uh, they showed a couple product demos and they talked about what we already knew. So often at the last minute, I feel like with a lot of OS stuff, we'll get something new we didn't know about. I don't think either with iOS nine or watch OS two, did we hear about anything on the system side that's new? Yeah. That wasn't previously discussed. No, I don't think there wasn't anything that I noticed anyway. This may be part of the fact that a lot of the stuff that used to be really restricted to developers and under NFA um, and um, – uh, I mean, it's not NFA. What is – I don't even know what NFA is. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. An NDA. <laughs> NDA. I'm confused with the NFL, the NHL. <laughs> the NFC. N- uh, yeah, sorry, under NDA. M-O-U-S-E. Non-disclosure. A lot of that's now publicly available. When I was doing some research for stories recently, I'd be like, gosh, I wonder how this feature works. And a developer would say, it's on the public website. You can just go there anyone can. Oh, Oh, so I can actually write about it. It's not like yeah. behind the curtain. So, well, and I've been, you know, I've been using iOS nine beta for weeks now. Um, I haven't, I haven't installed the watch, the watch one, but um, I've been, I'm my iPad's already on iOS nine. Yeah, I've got. I actually switched my iPhone the other day. I'm working on an iOS nine based book, and with it shipping imminently, I'm like, all right, I'd better uh, get on this. And I'm using the public beta, not a developer beta, which I'm sure is newer. And um, it's been very stable. I've had almost no weird yeah. anything, which is yeah. the lovely and surprising. This lady. yeah, I had held off. I had held off putting on my phone because I use my phone much more frequently than my iPad these days. And and I think I've gotten to the point where yeah, no, I might as well do it now. Yeah. So watch OS two. We kind you know it's going to have uh, uh, transit directions and third party complications and new watch faces uh, and uh, native apps is a big thing or apps that will run on it, be able to access the microphone, play video, use health sensors. It's going to be more of its own. Thing and uh, interesting, I feel like Apple is trying to emphasize Apple Health a lot. They keep you know bringing it up, and so one you know one of the demos was a company making you know hey we can track it's for doctors makes doctors do stuff better. Not many people um, are doctors, and the whole population. It's an interesting <laughs> thing to show. But then they're like, oh, and if a woman is pregnant and we have a monitor on their end, I can use my watch to ask her to run a test, and then she runs it and she can see the fetal heartbeat. And I'm like, well, does she need an Apple Watch or is she? I don't know what she's running on her end. But it was a good uh, a good demo, at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a whole bunch of new bands and uh, finishes and so forth, which were they weren't. You know, I don't know if they were not expected. It more like it seemed a little odd. Like, hey, we got a bunch of new watch stuff. You know, off to the side, we get some new yeah. colors and new finishes, and it's like, all right, well, you know, that doesn't really say anything about whether. Uh, you know, it's in time for Christmas. They're going to have these new finishes and the Hermes deal uh, will be uh, available in, uh, I think they said select stores in October. Or was it November? I've forgotten now. Um, but not immediately, but uh, all the other watch mm-hmm. stuff is going to be available almost right away. And uh, did it seem odd to you that they were doing kind of a watch product thing and they just sort of did it at the beginning and kind of sloughed it off? Well, it's it's sort of surprising that they've done this simply because the watch hasn't been out that long. Um, but I think you're right. Yeah. It's probably to try and jazz it up a little bit for the the holiday season. And, and, you know, and maybe they're not quite selling quite as many as they hope to sell. I don't think it's doing poorly. It's certainly not doing poorly as far as the rest of the smartwatch category. Uh, it seems to be doing very well considering that category, but maybe they were hoping that it was going to do even better. And so they're doing this to, um, 
jazz it up. Although, although they really must have had this. They probably had this in the pipeline longer ago than that. So, you know, they, they, I would think that maybe they even had this in the pipeline before the watch came out. Right. We, we've talked before. Uh, I know you and I have talked on Twitter, and I think um, it's come up in other places too that there's some issue about just is Apple having uh, supply constraints for things like its um, haptic feedback uh, doohickey and, uh, and uh, <laughs> right. other parts. And like, right. has that been constraining its ability to ship? And if so, would they want to push more demand by having more options, which increases the number of stock keeping units or SKUs? Suddenly they have, you know, 75, I don't know, the number of combinations now is probably 50,000 because they have so many watch band styles. Um, so that may be, I wonder if that was an issue about why they didn't want to tweak demand. And now they're like, all right, we're making more of this stuff. We can have new finishes. We'll get some people in who are waiting for the aesthetics, mm-hmm. um, waiting for watch OS two. So watch OS two will come out. People will have more finishes and bands to choose from. And maybe that pushes more people over the top because it feels like a real thing. And it's yeah. you know, a little more personal because they can pick something closer to them. Right, right. The, particularly down at the at the end where most people are actually buying the watch. I mean, they had a few different styles in the upper upper end, and now they've they've kind of moved that down to the to the sport watch, which is probably what they're selling the most of. Yeah, that was interesting that they're adding uh, was it gold and rose gold finishes to the yeah. anodized aluminum at the right. low end, and I thought, hey, that's you know that I think that speaks things right. Like first, it's that. Uh, you know, they're bringing something that feels more premium to the lowest end watch. So that says mm-hmm. something. Um, but the other is that they're willing to do that, that they're not keeping that distinction that it ha- you know, they only can do it yeah. with a higher priced watch. Right. Right. So it takes a little bit away from that. You know, you, you know, I mean, when the watch came out, there was a, there was a lot of talk about how it's, it's some, it's a slightly elitist because some of them are extremely expensive. Um, so this, this kind of tempers that a little bit. Yeah. It's uh I mean, it's still an expensive thing, but the thing is now that it's going to have more utility, I mean, I have not, you know, I know you are an avid regular, wa- you're a watch user, John. I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> oh my God. I, I actually had forgotten so much about it that it was like unplugged and, and uncharging. And I discovered this when I was, uh, what was I doing? And it showed me the battery level on the watch. It was some, was I looking at a Bluetooth thing in iOS 9? I was like, oh, this is nice. I now know uh, the battery level on different devices. And oh, my watch battery is at 75%. It must be unplugged. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I never got into a routine because I don't do much travel. And I, when I'm working at my desk, it hasn't been that useful. But I expect, based on what I found useful about it during a couple months of more active use, uh, when watchOS 2 comes out, I'm going to be much more excited about it because mm-hmm. it will fit better. I won't have that same like, all right, I really need my phone for this. I'll be turning to the watch instead, I think. Right, right. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's what a lot of people find. Um, I mean, I've just found it mostly useful. I mean, I, you know, I, I've always worn a watch, so I've always wanted something that would tell the time. And then <laughs> I've said this other places before, but back in last December, my watch battery died. And instead of going out and spending $20 on a new one, I knew the Apple watch was coming out. So I just waited. <laughs> so I didn't have a watch for, you know, five months until the Apple watch came out and uh, you know, I mostly use it just as a watch, but also like weather. I look at the weather constantly um, and I use it for cooking and for exercising. Those are probably and, and messaging and also just like reading texts and things like that. It was incredibly useful on a recent trip. I will say it was, I mean, incredibly useful to walking around and have 
time, directions, driving stuff, um, even, you know, text, all of that. That was super useful. Even when I was like walking around a city, I didn't have a bag. I just had my phone in my pocket and the watch. I did enjoy being in a, in a foreign city, San Francisco, very foreign from Seattle. Uh, and, and being able to do something more, you know, not surreptitious, but less overt. I didn't have to pick out the watch and devote all my attention to it. I had this thing in front of my face. I could glance down, see something, tap it, and then kind of put it on my side and let it go away. It didn't interrupt my enjoyment of my surroundings as much. And I didn't feel like I was sort of flashing, you know, technology around. And it's in San right. Francisco. Everyone's carrying, you know, gold-encrusted uh, androids or something, right? Yeah. I found it interesting that I, I didn't go through the whole thing, but I watched some of the the keynote again, and I noticed this time that many of the presenters that came up um, were wearing Apple watches. So the people, in, including the people from other companies, I bet the oh, yeah. people from my, I bet the people from Microsoft probably weren't, but um, I noticed most of the game developers were. All the Microsoft people were wearing spot watches. I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> was that discontinued? On? I don't oh, know. poor Microsoft! They're so far ahead of their time. They're. <laughs> Too far ahead. Of That's it. right. Now they're behind the time. They forgot to keep track of it. Now they're behind the trend. <laughs> well, let's take a moment to uh, pause and thank one of our sponsors this week, Red Hat. And uh, you may have heard of Red Hat or maybe not. They're kind of a hidden part of the beating element at the... the, the <laughs> I give me confidence today. Right, let me try one more time. <sighs> let's take a brief break so I can thank one of our sponsors this week, Red Hat. Uh, you may have heard of Red Hat. They're sort of the beating heart at the center of the internet. And uh, and some people have never heard of them because they do such a good job and they're so quiet that they don't uh, have that sort of overt presence that some other companies that are important to the world's infrastructure do. Red Hat is used by every commercial bank in the Fortune 500. It's used by every department in the executive branch of the U.S. government, every airline in the Fortune Global 500. In fact, more than 90% of all the companies in the Fortune 500 understand the value that supported enterprise open source software can bring to their business. So if the value of open source is the rapid innovation, freedom, and interoperability that comes with community-powered technology, then the value of Red Hat is taking responsibility for that technology. They test it, they enhance the security, and they certify that it works in your data center. What are they doing that makes such a big difference? Well, it's simple, but, but not easy. They make sure you get all the benefits of open source without the risk of doing it all yourself. No one else can make that promise, much less keep it. So visit redhat.com to see how they can help your enterprise with application development, storage, and cloud computing. Red Hat, different for the sake of better technology. And thank you to Red Hat for being one of our sponsors this week. Well, that's enough watch talk. We will watch for the watch. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I think the iPad Pro, that was, uh, so we were talking earlier, that was um, predicted by a lot of people, but then there was a question about whether it would actually appear today. And mm -hmm. we know from previous announcements, Apple sometimes has stuff up their sleeve. And even up to an event, it's unclear whether they feel like the product is ready, the supply chain is there, or it's the right time to introduce it. And I guess, I guess the time was right. Apparently, after, you know, it's, you know, it's been in the rumor pipeline for quite a while. So it's uh, I think it, there were a couple of instances where some people said, oh, it's coming at this time and it didn't. But uh, this was finally, <laughs> finally the time where it seemed like, oh, yeah, no, now it's really coming. And it did. All right. Well, so, <laughs> you know, I guess my, oh, who's a, uh, but 
I, I wondered about this is, uh, so are you an iPad, a regular iPad user? And if so, what do you use it for? I am. And I've had two different phases of using iPads. Um, when I used to commute up to Seattle, I live in Tacoma and I used to commute up to Seattle. I, for a long time, used my iPad to, to work on the train as I was commuting. And that was back when I owned a MacBook Pro and it was much later and easier to, to commute with. And then when I finally got a uh, MacBook Air, it it seemed like that was just as easy to carry as as the uh, as the iPad and a keyboard, which is what I was doing. So I switched back to that, and I still occasionally use it for writing, but mostly I use it for just gameplay and, and watching videos. Yeah, that's te- television and movies. I read comics on it. I read. Books oh yeah, on that it. too. Yeah, yeah, it's got. I mean, that's a it's a great thing, especially the Retina models. I had an earlier, you know, original. Uh, one or two, and then uh, I've got the whatever it should be called the iPad Four. I think is the not the technical name of it, right. but the first uh, Retina model, and that's terrific for um, anything you know, comics. I use it for video with Netflix and um, Amazon. Um, but I use it. I use it really as a consumption device. So I got a twelve-inch MacBook, and uh, it's so tiny and mm-hmm. so high resolution and so lightweight that, and I almost always need a keyboard when I'm doing any creation. So that's been been my thing but there's clearly an audience for something that is not a uh, a macbook which has you know costs the entry level price is what seventeen hundred dollars for the 12 inch macbook the macbook air is not retina the apple keeps updating the the uh macbook air slightly but it i don't think it'll ever become a retina model no because they've got the yeah they've introduced the macbook now at yeah uh, what is that thirteen hundred dollars or something well, like that no that's yeah. not tra- well i'm, I'm sorry the third you know you're right the thirteen hundred dollars yeah. Gets you the uh, the entry level one, and then you pay sixteen hundred dollars for the yeah. the one that's kind of. I mean, I'm sort of being funny, but I don't. I don't yeah. know. I, the the thirteen that entry one, level one is pretty pretty underpowered. Yeah, that's the thing. So if you're already going to do that, you get two hundred fifty six gigs of storage, and and you know you get eight gigs of RAM. But the, the for sixteen hundred bucks, you get five hundred twelve gigs, and I can't work with a two hundred fifty six gig device anymore, especially with you know cloud syncing. Um, stuff and it's worth it because you can't change the drive out later. You do it at the time. So, but you know, thirteen hundred dollars. But still, it's a, it's still, it's a laptop and it lacks the flexibility. So, but I, I don't know. I mean, who is the iPad Pro for? Do you think? I, I don't know exactly. I mean, my personal use case is, is obviously somewhat separate from this. The one thing that I do and I've, I've actually wanted for a while, I would like, and I would, I would really enjoy a larger screen on my iPad because, like I said, I mostly use it in the house, carrying it around and watching TV or, or reading or something. Um, and uh, uh, as a television, a larger screen would obviously better be better. Um, at the same time, I don't feel like I want to spend $800 on that particular use case. <laughs> so it's a weird, I mean, so it, so it kind of hits that. I mean, I would consider maybe getting one refurbished or something, or if the price comes down. Um, so it really seems like they're trying to go after a pro market that I probably don't understand anymore. <laughs> well, I know a lot of illustrators use the Cint, I think it's pronounced Cintiq, the C I N T I Q. It's a, touch sensitive Wacom tablet uh-huh. that used for drawing. And it does, you know, it supports pens and pressure sensitivity. And it's got a screen and uh, a ton of people buy that because it's big, it's high resolution. Um, and I've, but I mean, that's not, you know, the, the illustration and um, comics market is not a very large market, let's say. Yeah, uh, I know. But, you I know, mean, their 13 inch yeah. one is 800 
bucks, and they sell one that's much larger for up to twenty eight hundred dollars, which is that, amazing. That creative market was the market that Apple owned back in the nineties when it wasn't doing so well. <laughs> exactly, and so, but there, I mean, that's got to be a segment. Maybe that does represent, for all I know, given the fact that Wacom can sell these things from eight hundred to you know three thousand uh, dollars, that means there's a market big enough to build them. And I wonder, does this try to capture? that plus another market. I, I just, yeah. I, I can't figure out who wants this, even with the keyboard cover, which we'll get to, who wants this compared to, um, say, a MacBook or a MacBook Air. I mean, the, the Retina well, thing, again, is a distinction, but... It's interesting that they had Microsoft up to demo, um, but I think they the two apps that they had next to each other were Word and Excel. Is that... I remember yeah, remembering correctly. <laughs> um, and it, normally stuff that I kind of try to avoid if I can, uh, but obviously... They're still why you know the those are the de facto productivity apps in and business in the business world. So I I think I mean it seems like Microsoft has finally started to get their act together with the Surface and is pro, is doing a lot better than they were. They were doing terribly originally, but uh, they're actually not doing too bad with it right now. And maybe they want to try and. Cut, cut that off at the past a little bit if they can. Yeah, it may be. It feels like there, there's some kind of, yeah, there's something in there mm-hmm. as they get out and, of hardware. And I think Tim Cook, Tim Cook has, obviously, this is a bit of a different Apple, and Tim Cook has, a, a has that's more to his heart than it was ever to Steve Jobs' heart, obviously. Um, having worked at Compaq, and, and I, I think he also worked at IBM, didn't he? I'm trying, I don't remember about that, but maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, he definitely, well, he definitely career? came from, he came from Compaq. Yeah. And uh, why is he running for president? Everybody who's connected with Compact runs for president. (laughs) Whole other question. Oh, man. But yeah, so, but I mean, so besides, okay, so we don't know who precisely this is for. I'll be curious. Well, it's not for us. Let's put that. Yeah, because I mean, I am, yeah, I do a lot of typing and this does, well, let's, let's get into some of this. So the specs are pretty amazing. That is the thing. This resolution is uh, ridiculous. Uh, It's uh, 2732 by 2048 pixels the next one down the ipad air what is their model number now i have to keep oh apple ipad air, air, two. air two yeah, yeah. ipad air two is 2048 by 1536 pixels so the ipad air two you can almost put two side by side like physically put two on top of it and they will almost only overlap the ipad pro a bit and resolution wise the same the, the width of the ipad pro is equal to the height and pixels of the um iPad Air 2. So it's it's kind of huge. So now, but, you know, somebody, I don't think this was uh, John Gruber, but I think someone posted a matrix, I'm sure he linked to it, this matrix of a few years ago when everyone was wondering where, where Apple's going to fit stuff into its product portfolio, right? And they said, look, here's all the device sizes um, that Apple has and price points. And like, here's a hole and here's a hole. And then within a year, they'd filled those holes with new products. I think they came out with the iPad mini and then later the iPad uh, or the iPhone uh, 6 6 and 6 plus. And now they have this range of devices. I don't know if there's an inch uh, diagonal measurement they don't have, (laughs) except for the four inch phone, no new four inch phone that some people want. But you have from the the iPhone 5S size all the way up to the iPad Pro is this just continuous size. And so you, any kind of like, what size do you want? Well, we now have seven no sorry six sizes iphone 5s format six six plus formats those are three and then you've got ipad mini ipad air and ipad pro in three sizes you've got six sizes of mobile devices to choose from that's a lot yeah it's crazy and different colors 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Although, and this breaks the mold a little bit, because right now, all the resolutions of all the current iPads on sale, the iPad Air and 2, the iPad Mini 2 and Mini 4, the ones remaining on sale, those are all 2048 by 1536 pixels. Uh, it's just the density that differs. The iPad Mini is denser, so it's you know richer and more retina. You can see the <laughs> pixels less on it, mm -hmm. and the but the the uh, density on the iPad Pro is identical to the iPad Air two and iPad Air. So the same number of pixels per inch will appear on both, um, yeah. which is good for I mean, developers. It drives them crazy when there's too many variables. But I think size versus density is now a different thing. Like dimensions, I should say, versus the number of pixels per inch is uh -huh. maybe a different. Uh, they don't have to to rework that as much. Um, well, I guess it, I mean, it feels like, it feels like one, like there was like maybe like a hundred dollar, you know, one, $100 spot. You know, they have the, they have the, the iPads that are priced at like every, almost every $100 point going up to yeah. something. And, and now they have something that starts at that $100, you know, that, that $900 or that $800 point. Right. And the 11 inch air starts at a hundred dollars more. Um, and so it kind of fills out that, yeah. that progression of choice, right? Because, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a weird, there's a, right now there's a gap in there where you can't get a retina device between the iPad pro and the uh, MacBook um, that is covered by the MacBook air. But you know, the, the iPad pro goes up in capacity and, you know, and may, and eventually the MacBook Air will go away and the MacBook will probably slide down in price to the to fill that price point. Yeah, I feel like the MacBook is started out. I mean, think about the MacBook Air when it first was launched. It was expensive and then it got better and cheaper on a pretty mm -hmm. fast ratio. And now the iPod, I mean, the fact that the MacBook Air is now the cheap Mac uh, laptop yeah. is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and the Mac, and I actually look because I bought a MacBook Air in, I want to say, I think I had a 2011 one. I bought it because I needed to do something that required a newer processor. So I'm like, all right, well, it's time to upgrade. And I really loved it, kept it for four years and sold it to someone. Um, you know, it's still working. And uh when I bought it, I think I paid, I checked with like adjusting for inflation, which hasn't been high between 2011 <laughs> and 2015, I paid almost exactly the same price for the 12 inch MacBook model I got and the MacBook Air back then. It was like 1600 bucks then and I paid 1700 yeah. today. And what I'm getting is a, you know, a crazily more capable thing with retina and a, and a, you know, bigger SSD twice as big and twice as much Ram and, and all the rest. So um, I feel like we'll see that that'll happen. I mean, the, the price thing is fascinating though, because I'm looking at the matrix here on Apple's site and the iPad mini two starts now at $269 and they have a price that's almost every, it's at like every 50, $75 increment between that and a thousand seventy nine dollars now. <laughs> it's like, I have never seen this many prices on Apple site since like pre jobs basically. Yeah. And they killed the iPad three. Mm -hmm. They just completely, they just completely got rid of it because it really, it didn't make much sense because the only difference between it and the iPad two was the, uh, uh fingerprint sensor. Right. right? <clears throat> um, and, but it's just funny now that the, that the two uh, minis that they sell are the, <laughs> the iPad mini two and the iPad mini four. <laughs> I know it's, well, they're so weird about numbers. Sometimes they like them. Sometimes they don't. Right. And then when they don't, you're like, all right, well, this is why you don't use numbers, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, you know, how else would you compare the two minis? All right. So there's a, there's a giant, <laughs> it could be very macabre. There's a giant elephant in the room having to do with the iPad Pro is it has two accessories that made people howl. Yeah. <laughs> it has a keyboard Well, I'm cover. not sure why the keyboard, I'm not sure why the keyboard cover necessarily makes people howl. No. It, I mean, Apple inter introduced a, they shipped a keyboard dock right. with the original iPad. 
Right. Well, it's because I mean it's entirely because Microsoft shipped the Surface with a keyboard cover. Yeah. How many years ago now? And they got yeah. Microsoft got a little ridiculed for it at the time. Like, oh, you know, who's going to use that? And and there are different models of their keyboard cover. One that was more um, like touch type. You know, the kind of very thin push, mm -hmm. no feedback. And the other was uh, more robust. Um, but the stylus, they're shipping a pencil. The pencil. Yeah. And Although, you know, I, I mean, the, the comment of Steve Jobs comment about that was was in reference to the iPhone uh, when it came out originally. So it, it's a different it's a different device and it's a completely different use case. It's a use case that most people are not going to have. And so it's not like they're saying, well, way hey, we're all going to use styluses now. They're just saying exactly. certain professional people <laughs> have always needed these things and will always need these things. And so now we're we're filling we're supplying something that satisfies that niche. We're not saying that everybody's running out got one. This is what's telling me that there's something I don't understand about the pro market, the iPad pro market, because not only did it release this huge, not too expensive, but big device that, that seems to be targeting a group. I don't know, except like I say, I know illustrators and cartoonists and they're introducing a tool that you can buy in the aftermarket, but this one will be, is designed specifically for it. And it seems very sophisticated. So mm -hmm. there must, they know there are a few million people who want to buy this thing. And yeah. it, you know, is it architects? Is it doctors? Do doctors want something that shows uh, more at once so they can see an entire X-ray at high resolution. And right now they're coping with, you know, either with the surface, but not enough software that integrates with it, perhaps. Um, I don't know. I mean, I got to assume that corporate partnerships, you know, they've had this deal with IBM where they're co-developing all this enterprise software. It's apparently been going super well. Does this come out of that market where IBM's out there with all of these different vertical businesses of all kinds? And they're saying, what people really want... <laughs> There's is a Herkin big tablet <laughs> with a stylus that's pressure sensitive. I mean, I got to yeah. think something like that that we don't know is driving it because it's such a big investment of time. And also if it were a disaster and they you know, had to discontinue it or something, uh, it would be terrible. They're overcoming some corporate inertia to do something like this. I, I wonder, though, if there's also if there's that where they think, OK, we can ship this thing right now and we can satisfy these people um, immediately. Um, and then in the other, like in the back room, there's this, there's this long game that is more <laughs> consumer, uh, centric. Oh, as the price drops, right. It becomes something yeah. that people like for gaming or for. Yeah. Or I mean, as a creativity. TV replacement, I mean, like, you know, yeah. I, I sit on my couch and my TV is, you know, because of the way the living room has to be, <laughs> the TV is 10 feet away from me. And when I, when I sit, when I sit, right. it's a, it's a decent sized TV. Yeah. It's a 42, it's a 42 inch TV. It's not, you know, it's not the biggest one they sell now, but, uh, obviously, but it, you know, at the time it was when I bought it like 10 years ago, it was huge. And, uh, but when I, I have my iPad air air, uh, with me and I'm sitting on the couch, I hold it up in front of my face the field of vision it covers is bigger than the TV. Right. So density becomes the issue. It's like, if you can hold this thing, if you could put it on something that's a few feet away and it's mm -hmm. got this kind of density, brightness and just sheer size, then suddenly what's the difference between that? Yeah. I've, I've, that's a very funny idea too. Yeah. It's just the pressure sensitivity part and the keyboard part. It just feels like this is something they're aiming for people who really think they want this. And it's sort of a funny market, but there's a lot of people who want the comfort of a stylus, a third party thing doesn't necessarily fill that need and they want a keyboard and they don't necessarily want a laptop or sometimes they want to have it on and sometimes they want to go free with it. And, you know, there's been different designs in the past that are like laptops where you take half the shell off. And this is becoming very close to a laptop that you take half the shell off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, it's really yeah. interesting. I, I like being surprised by what they do because I mean I'd heard all this stuff coming and I still I still am. It's gonna take me a while to puzzle this one out. Uh, and I you know I asked on Twitter. I was like, all right, is, are there is this gonna be great? People who use this in tick now, cartoonists and illustrators, and they were like, oh yeah, this is great. This fits because. It'll offer more than a similarly priced Cintiq will and be more flexible. Uh, yeah. and, the, and, you know, that's, again, that's not maybe a bigger audience. I mean, there's not a big audience of illustrators, but there's a big audience of people who want to yeah. use their finger on something that's high resolution. or their, uh, yeah, and, the, uh, and I believe the, the screen of the surface was more calibrated for that kind of input when right. it came out. And, and a lot of people who were traditionally Mac people were saying, boy, that's, that's really nice. I wish there were. It was available in something that was, you know, in my ecosystem. Let's take a quick moment so I can thank our other sponsor this week, Casper Mattresses. Casper makes obsessively engineered uh, mattresses in America at a shockingly fair price. And you can get $50 towards your purchase of any mattress if you go to casper.com, that's C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash Macworld, and use the code Macworld. So listen, you spend about a third of your life sleeping. If you're anything like me and you have kids, maybe it's a quarter. I'm sorry. You know, we'll all get through it together, right, John? But, you know, it's important you sleep on a good mattress. A good night's sleep is invaluable. You cannot put a price on it except Casper offers a good price that, in fact, you can put on it. So Casper takes together two comfy technologies. They stick them together for better nights and brighter days. They use latex foam and memory foam. This way you've got just the right sink and just the right bounce no matter how you sleep. They've got a risk-free trial and return policy. This is the amazing part. It shows up to your door in a box. You open the box and the mattress sort of comes out and it inflates to its full size, like those old sponges you would put into water and they would inflate. It's a little bit like that. Then you get a full-size uh, mattress. And, um, you know, if you go to a store, you get a couple minutes to sleep on it and try it. Um, you don't really know what it's going to be like. Casper offers their mattress to you for a hundred days. And if you're not happy, they come and pick it back up. The price is also quite extraordinary. It's $500 for a twin size mattress and $950 for a king size mattress. It's an outstanding price point, but even better, you can get $50 off any mattress purchase by going, as I said before, to casper.com slash Macworld. That's C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash Macworld. Use the code Macworld. Terms and conditions apply. So thanks to Casper for sponsoring us this week at the Macworld Podcast. Well, we have, uh, that was a lot of iPad Pro. It's so detailed. I think we should move on to Apple TV and phones because, boy, there's still so much more. Apple the meat. T yeah, we haven't even gotten to the meat yet. I know yet. this is all the appetizer course. <laughs> you know, these are only the maybe billion, $2 billion businesses we're talking about here. Um, one last thing to say about the iPad is I think Apple's working really hard there. Like the sales tapered off. They still have some growth, they think, but, you know, they're not seeing the kind of growth that maybe they want. And the iPad Pro is maybe trying to goose that. I feel like they're working harder with the iPad than you see. It's not an incremental thing. They came out with something dramatically different that, mm -hmm doesn't fit anyone's necessary expectations. It's not like, oh, it's a netbook killer. Uh, so I think they're working at it, yeah. which is which yeah. is a little unusual for Apple. They right. want to get it right. But it kind of, to a certain degree, it reminds me of when the iPad, when the uh, MacBook Air first, the first MacBook mm -hmm. Air came out. It was kind of like, oh, well, who's this for? Well, you know, why would anybody want that? It seems expensive and it's not exactly perfect. Well, you know, well, you just, it's a start and wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? And then it became kind of their one of their best products. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so we'll see. Okay, so Apple TV. All, so this is, uh, we're talking about it in the IDG chat room uh, today. It's like, who at Apple isn't fired because of all these leaks? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, pretty much. Pretty almost, close, yeah. Almost like, almost exactly. They were, uh, most of the, I think the 
the rumor sites were off on the capacity. Yeah, it was like 8 uh, and 16. It turns out to be 32 gigabytes and 64 gigabytes. 64, yeah. Which is great and much more reasonable. 8 and 16 did not seem like enough. No. Uh, and 32 and 64. 32 gigabyte, um, it's not an SSD. It's going to just be, I don't I don't think it need an SSD. It's going to be like regular flash RAM. It's flash, yeah. It's not very expensive. It's, you know, uh, dozens of dollars <laughs> per device, <laughs> if that. But, uh yeah, the, the question is, is Apple leaking this stuff purposely, given the fact that you never hear about anyone being fired and uh, Mark Roman at 9 to 5 and elsewhere get all these rumors? Is Apple intentionally putting word out to build buzz as opposed to it slipping out the back door? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, I don't know, maybe they wanted it to get out. Maybe they wanted to create a little bit of, of excitement. Yeah, I mean, given that the yeah. Apple TV, the previous models are, you know, so old and kind of underfeatured and they dropped <laughs> the price. It seems unfair to like keep because they're still selling the Apple TV 3. You know, maybe maybe they thought, well, we should let people know so that people won't keep buying the Apple TV 3. Yeah, that $69 thing where they dropped the price 30 bucks. I was like, this is the biggest tell Apple's done. They're like, yeah, this is out of date. But if you yeah. want it, the next one will be more expensive. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I kind of think there was a, so people are like, oh, I wanted one for the spare room. I'll pay 70 bucks because I'm not going to pay 150 or $200 for uh, the new one. Yeah. Um, and But that was that was the thought process that I went through initially when they announced that. I was like, okay, now it's so cheap that I've got to go out and buy one because I have a, I have a uh, second generation. Um, and then and then exactly that hit me. I was like, well, wait a minute. This What this means is the other one's coming really soon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Whenever anything dies or the price gets cut, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, in my case, we've got a spare HDTV that's years old and uh, we were going to get rid of it. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to buy a new Apple TV. I can stick the old one in a guest room and then suddenly it's useful. Instead of we have no television programming we don't have comcast or anything so this suddenly mm-hmm. makes that tv actually useful we could also have stuck a chromecast in it obviously but you know it's a chromecast right. well i'm sorry that's rude <laughs> of me uh so uh apple tv uh it's very different it's it's kind of the same size now it's 10 millimeters taller it grew and uh it's uh, got a super fast a8 64-bit processor instead of the old a5 um, no optical audio output, which has peeved a couple people, at least. At least two people have said, why is there no optical output? So you can't use it audio only. You have to do it via HDMI and then run it through your system to get any mm-hmm. audio yep. streaming by itself. Uh, what's, uh, now you, how many Apple TVs do you own? How many can I put you well, down I have for, the, John? <laughs> I have the, <laughs> so I have the original one. I still have that, that, which I, is actually hooked up to our sort of secondary television, which we hardly ever, we, I mean, I, I really can't think of the last time I've actually used that Apple TV. But we use the second generation one almost every day. So, and I'm, I've just been, I've been waiting for this thing for years. <laughs> so I'm, I'm down for two hundred dollars. <laughs> You'll get the and 64. and and as I as I've joked elsewhere, like I need a crate of those uh, remotes because we those things. Will, I mean, that thing will get damaged and lost. I know in, in very short order. It's going to cost, I got a price on it. Did you owe in the remote? The remote is going to cost, well, so you have to purchase that little doohickey. So it's, it's got like a Wii remote, uh, what do you call those things? The Wii? Strap. Yeah, just like a. Yeah, strap. So Susie Oaks found out the cost of this. She was at the live event today and she says it's $79 for an extra remote, one of these Siri remotes, which is the touch, touch and motion and voice, right? And okay. $12.99 for that little strap so you don't fling it through a window while you're mm-hmm. playing games. We walk. Yeah. Well, it's even smaller than a Wii controller. I mean, it seems like you'd have a you'd have a hard time, a harder time gripping it than a Wii controller. Yeah. So so we you know, we often you know, when when my son was little, we strictly enforced the 
the wrist <laughs> strap policy. Um, but now we're much looser because he's he's got more he's got more control over his hands than he used to. Um, but with this thing, we may have to go back to the uh, the hand strap. <laughs> so this marks the entrance of Apple into a new market on the TV front, and um, you know people were debating for a long time whether Apple really wanted to get into it. And and you see the people saying, well, it can't be a console replacement because these aren't the kinds of games that really drove console sales. Like, yeah, but Apple made its money from casual gaming. I mean, that's yeah. what's driven iOS. But they're exactly the kind of games that are on the Wii. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, I've played a bunch of those different games, and they're they're much more casual. You drop in, drop out they're not i think the difference may be that like immersive long story thing right like how much do i have to train to do this and is it like a four-hour playthrough or a 20-hour playthrough versus i can pick it up and play a game of tennis in like 10 seconds mm-hmm. you can show me the rules yeah and i can and get also, better at it but also i guess just the graphics capability on on some of the like the the more robust games yeah and it's gonna be great they've got metal it's got an a8 it's got does it have a gpu i've forgotten if they said there's a gpu in there i don't think there was a mention of that but they've uh, got to have some kind of well there'll be some kind of co-processing going on there unless they're driving it all through the a8 but it's going to be you know this is all part of their a8, but, direction yeah. yeah so but a bunch of unique things i think so first you know there's they'll be bringing games to it they've got the new siri remote so you can talk to it you can ask it to find programs it'll search it, they haven't put out a ton of detail about this you can ask Siri for stuff and it, and it will answer questions like, you know, you'll, it'll do things like uh, rewind 15 minutes. Uh, what do they say? It'll turn on closed captioning and rewind 15 seconds, which is fantastic. That's great. I yeah. love that. Although as Lex, Lex pointed out, Lex Friedman pointed out to me that the Roku does that already. Of course. Well, almost yeah, everything Apple yeah. does at this so point. So <laughs> most of these things, yeah. Most of these things are available in other packages, but I think they've done a really good job of pulling different things together and making a better package. Yeah. I think they wait long enough for the market to develop. They find out what people want and then they take their manufacturing and software integration together and and produce something that they think is like the version people should want. Right. It's the one, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but Siri, I think gives you more flexibility. Like you have remote control. It'll do some things, but being able to speak things and have that develop as a vocabulary as they expand that over time, um, is great, but you'll be able to do stuff and you'll be able to search among iTunes and some other apps like Netflix. Um, it's a little bit like Google has had that search where you can search across, um, medium and you can say, or, you know, internet and whatever, it'll say, you know, this is available from these different places where you can buy it or find it. And right. this will be something like that. I don't think it'll be, uh, as complete, but it'll certainly be. Nice no, to- it's only, yeah. So it's only whatever services have already, um, opted into Apple's system. And they said that they would get more over time. I mean, I, yeah. I, so far, basically, the only one that where it is sort of an a la carte uh, purchasing scheme is Apple's, and then the rest of them are subscription services. That's right. It's all streaming availability. Uh, so the question I have is, you know, will Amazon Instant Video come right. to this, right? Because right. uh, part of the deal is it's a new TV OS, is an iOS-like system, is derived, it has all the same frameworks, and there'll be a third-party, you know, development environment, there'll be an app store for it. And hey, you you can get Amazon Instant Video plus other Amazon apps for iOS. Do you want Amazon? You want Amazon Instant Video. You're a Prime. Oh customer. yeah, I definitely, I definitely want that. And I think it's been unfortunate that it hasn't been on the Apple TV to date. I've got a TV, a Samsung TV that I hate because it's so. I mean, the TV it displays beautifully. It's got a gorgeous picture and be able to tune it. Love everything about it except the interface, of course. And uh, but I can do Amazon through it. 
So I can do Amazon and its Netflix ah. app built in is also better. So if we want to watch uh, iTunes stuff, we use our Apple TV. We try to do Netflix through the current Apple TV. I'm a generation behind. It often crashes and fails. So we use our Samsung. We flip to it and have to like shunt the audio to the receiver. And if I could do everything for the Apple TV, wow, what a difference it'll make. Yeah. And I got to believe this is a thing. I mean, Susie and I have talked about this very simply like 10 times because it's clearly one of these Apple control things. Like Amazon's a competitor in different kinds of markets. It's a competitor for video. Um, Apple certainly doesn't want people to be, you know, prime to be, uh, or not prime users, but they don't want them to shift their media consumption and purchasing to Amazon. But uh, if you've got an open API, then you're suddenly very discriminatory as opposed to working with a few partners with the previous Apple TV infrastructure. Now you'd be saying, no, Amazon, you can't be on there, even though Netflix and Hulu and anyone else who can develop, you know, the John Moltz uh, video service could be on there. You develop an app. <laughs> nope, not, not on Amazon though. Yeah. The one thing I don't know about is I have a you know, a bunch of historical, you know, things that I've ripped from DVDs that I bought and I, that, that I keep on a computer on a Mac in my house. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't notice if you still have that capability to watch those videos off of that, or if this is suddenly gone all, uh, streaming all, you know, online purchase. If you can watch your videos from from a computer, from another Mac. I believe so. That's a great okay. question. I would I think, think that it would can, still. Yeah, I think, oh. I, you know, that's a great question because it says you'll be able to pull stuff from iTunes. Um, oh, it does say that? Okay. Yeah, but I don't and know if that it's more than just music? Well, yeah, you should be able to, but I don't know if it's iTunes store or not. That's going to be a good question. Uh, it's a question people have been asking too. Oh, by the way, yeah. as we've been talking, someone literally on Twitter, I saw a message pop up say, wait, how do I get audio of this out of this thing <laughs> except through HDMI? <laughs> like it's, you know, it's an issue for people because it's going to be streaming media. But uh, several people said, can I use, you know, am I going to be able to play any kind of, uh, like an iOS, you go, you go to Dropbox, for instance, you have an MP4 video file it'll play it natively well there's no you know are you can have dropbox in your apple tv that'd be weird but you know will you have a vlc <laughs> or some other kind of media player if those apps are available conceivably you'd be able to access anything on uh you know maybe store it locally you download stuff to the local storage be able to access over a local network and be able to stream or download from the internet now ostensibly i can't imagine they wouldn't allow that i might be wrong uh brings up an interesting thing too with amazon instant video offering downloading what if you were going on a trip and you could, and there was an Amazon app for the Apple TV and you could download video from your Amazon oh, yeah. and then take the Apple TV take with you Apple to the TV vacation cabin or, <laughs> I know, <laughs> wild, huh? That would be great. Future, possibly. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have with the Apple or TV? Or you could just oh. buy a buy an iPad Pro. <laughs> That's true. And then just hold it up in front. Exactly. You got all these, see all these options. Every niche is filled. You could always be watching something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we've talked, so Siri, the remote control doubles as a, oh, I should point out many people wanted to know immediately, uh, are there, will it support third-party controllers, game controllers? And the answer is anything that's MFI that made for I or whatever, a program they already have, there are a ton of game controllers already certified for iOS. Yeah. I found a list and it's like they're huge array. So developers still have to build in support. It's not like a generic thing. If you support, you know, tapping or the Siri remote, um, so they'll have to support controllers specifically and i'm sure there's a generic there's some kinds of generic things they do support 
that pass through that. But, um, you know, I just found a list of like, I think there's 20 plus MFI controllers that look like console controllers. Yeah. There. To date, none of them have been reviewed terribly well, but right. um, well, the market's I've got a been, feeling, I've got a feeling it's going to get better. Yeah. If the Apple ships a few million of these, suddenly there's this incredible right. suck and, you know, existing makers of units that are reviewed better for other consoles will go, all right, now it's time to go through the hassle of getting certified by Apple and re-engineering what we have to do to meet their needs. And I don't know how much Apple will be picky about these compared to like lightning connector things, right? Like these are, <clears throat> these may be, um, these may be easier to get passed through. Someone asked me about Bluetooth 4.0, which is supported um, in the Apple TV, the new version. And uh, I wonder if there'll be controllers that work entirely over that as well. And I don't know, did not hear yeah. much about that today, but I expect there's a market there. Uh, we haven't talked about programming at all, which is hilarious because it's mostly been, you know, it's, they're really bringing stuff, you know, there's a big sports presence. We're going to see streaming, uh, subscriptions, uh, there, there's a lot of games, but I think that got a lot of coverage. Um, and Apple didn't discuss HomeKit integration. <clears throat> oh, that's right. I for that completely weird? forgot about that. Yeah. They left that out entirely. Well, I don't, I think HomeKit still feels like it's not totally baked. Isn't that weird? It's very, yeah, very that's late. The thing. It, right. It, it doesn't seem like there's really a compelling demonstration to be made there yet. Oh my God. You know, this is actually one of the few things I can say it's late. Like HomeKit is actually late because it was announced and planned and Apple talked about it a lot. And now it's clearly not ready when they said it would be. Okay. It's <laughs> so one thing. All right. Isn't it? No. What? No. It's not right. I don't know. Maybe I. Well, they, I mean, they talked it up so much. It's funny because most things yeah, you say I mean, it's late because analysts have been talking about it for a while and Apple never announced it. HomeKit, you know, there's an ecosystem, <clears throat> excuse me, that's being developed. Uh, yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about Apple TV? Um, just that they, I mean, you know, they already had me. They had me before they even practically announced anything, but. Um, it was it was all over when they did the Crossy Road demo. That's right, multi party, multi person, multi, multiplayer Crossy Road. I mean, that was that was. I showed that to my son when he got home from school, and it was it was. Uh, there was tremendous excitement. I haven't played uh, that game. <laughs> I understand it's like the most popular thing ever it's, invented for them. It's just it's stupidly great. fun, right? Yes, yes, it's really stupidly fun. Two person, stupidly fun gaming. It's it's a yeah. good thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, so Apple TV. So, you know, most, God, this is where I feel like I'm exhausted. It's like climbing a mountain. Like, all right, wait a minute. We still get to the top. The iPhone. So this is a building here, right? iOS 9 is a, is an update with minor things in it. El Capitan, uh, even watchOS 2 was, was expected. So this is kind of the culmination and the iPhones, nothing major new in the hardware. I mean, the camera is new and the top well, 3D touch. Well, I don't know. We could argue whether that's, uh, what do you think about that? I was thinking it was not that big a deal because we've seen it in other devices. Uh, well, I think it's, no, I think it's a big deal in iOS. I mean, coming first, uh, it's the first implementation of it in iOS. So I think it's kind of a big deal. And I think it'd be, I would say it's a bigger deal than it is on the Mac. Yeah, I don't use it. I mean, I have no software that I'm aware of besides, I think, QuickTime that uses uh, force touch on my MacBook. I'm sure it exists, but I haven't found any utility or nothing that's pushing it in any of the software I use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are other input means for the Mac, you know, people have multi, multi button mice and that kind of thing. And, you know, holding down the control key. Um, so I think for, for the, for iOS implementation, it's, a, it's kind of a big deal. 
And I, th- I mean, I think, you know, it'll take a little while. You know, there was a lot of joking on Twitter from developers like, oh, you thought you were done with your iOS, iOS <laughs> 9 <laughs> release? <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Well, the nice part about new iPhones is that it takes a while for them to get out in real numbers. So it'll be, you know, at the end of the quarter, there'll be people out there really dying for it. And some early stuff will, there'll be some breakout apps where it's like, oh my God, this game is the most amazing thing. And it'll sell like a million copies because everyone with an iPhone 6S or 6S Plus will suddenly buy it just because they want to know what it's like to have a game that takes advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jumping back to the uh, to the Apple TV oh, for yeah. a second. One thing that was rumored that didn't happen uh, was Minecraft. Oh my God. If they had my, it's such a crack. I know you're my yeah. kids. We all, they all play yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I would suspect, I don't think there's any reason why it won't come because it already, you know, it already exists on iOS. So I would think that moving it to, Although to the, uh, the, that platform is probably not going to be surprising. iOS version is kind of different from the mainstream version, right? Cause the mainstream version is yeah. Java based and iOS is like a different, I mean, it's got more full featured lately. Uh, yes, uh, but it still isn't, it isn't up to the level of the, the desktop version. Right. So I wonder if that's part of it, if they don't want to, if Apple doesn't either wants to push back for Microsoft's division from, from that, or they want a more full feature version, they're not going to let Java run. Yeah. Java will not be running on the Apple TV. No, that's think. not going to happen. <laughs> Maybe an emulation. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, good. but they, you know, they have, there are several versions, you know, so they could, there's the pocket version and then there's also the, the there's a, there is a console version as right. well because right. it's on the Xbox and the PlayStation. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know which one would be the best one to bring to this platform, but I would be surprised if it doesn't happen personally. Yeah. I mean, it's like the most popular thing, especially for kids. Like if we had, Oh my God, can you imagine? I mean, John, there's Minecraft for Apple TV. We'll have to buy another one. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the one for the kids (laughs) and here's the adults one. And the kids are for the, Oh my gosh, that's good. Um, (laughs) Immersive experience. Uh, all right, so back to the iPhone. So back to the, back to the iPhone. Yeah. So, you know, just in, people, I, I never know what listeners are going to know, but you're probably going to have read so much about it already. You know, the phones, they're essentially, at some level, they're the same form factor. Um, the specs are very similar. It's got a new camera that we can talk about. It's really interesting, but 3D Touch is kind of the flagship um, feature. And as I say, I, yeah. I'm really curious how it'll be integrated. If it if it's done well, it's going to be, uh, and I guess you're right. You know, it's I was poo-pooing it because of, if I hadn't used a 12-inch MacBook for this amount of time, and occasionally I accidentally push down and I get the force thing and it feels amazing. The, I mean, the first, the day I got that MacBook and I handed it to my older son, I said, here, tap, and he taps. And I said, it's not moving. He said, what are you talking about? And he taps. I'm like, that is a thing pushing back up. There's nothing moving. It's moving a tiny, tiny amount. And he's like, no, you're lying. And we messed around <laughs> with it. And then the force thing is even more. So you push down and you're like, wait, no, I really moved it. It's like, no, it barely deflected, right? It didn't deform at all. It's a motor. So that experience of wonder when I first got it was great. Now I just click with it, right? And so I think I am cynical about it because I haven't seen it used. And for me, I'm like, oh yeah, but you know, as we talk about it, I realize you're right. It's, is as it gets integrated into things, there's so much where you need an extra thing. You want an extra level of, of action because like, oh, for Christ's sakes, like selecting text is still a hassle. Yeah. I still yeah, hate and it. There's a lot of, yeah. And, and this just, this eases a lot of different things. I mean, Every now every app can have a set series of things that you can launch into directly right from, you know, from Springboard. And, you know, you, the, they show the demo of oh, that's you know, taking a selfie and doing other things. I mean, you, 
th- those are great demonstrations for oh my god Apple's, this means that Apple's qr codes could work because you could tap down and it would bring up a qr code recognition <laughs> app right right i'll never let it go that's a, yeah that's a, it was surprised they didn't demo that one. Oh, like, that would have been huge <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was thinking even essentially, I mean, this is what haptic feedback gives like this, this kind of force touch thing. It means every app can have as many buttons as it wants, right? It's suddenly, yeah. you're not limited by a one hardware button or, or, you know, four rather, but you suddenly have, um, you know, an infinite number on the screen that are repositionable and they feel like buttons to some extent. And that, yeah. that is pretty cool. And it seemed like there were two, there are two different levels of it, right? So there's like, there's a regular push and then there's like a deep push, <laughs> Is that, is that right? Because they, what yeah, they were they were right. showing an ex, an example. Uh, you're in mail, and you're showing your list, looking at your lists list of emails, and you push on one, and it shows you a preview, and then you push harder, and it actually opens up the mail the the email so that you can respond or whatever. Yeah, it'll be very watch like, and it's um it's on the it, it's interesting on a bigger space on the MacBook's trackpad. It's even more eerie because there's so much more power. So the watch kind of goes, boop, you know, and you feel it. And you're like, oh, that's good, boop, boop, you know, and it gives you feedback or you push. And yeah. on the trackpad, you're like, oh, it's like, boom, the whole thing, you know, it's forceful. <laughs> and it's also specific. It feels like it's pushing back right where you're at. I'm not sure how many motors they wind up putting in to make that sensation or if it's a combination, um, but it's interesting how localized it feels as well. Yeah. Yeah. And on the watch, it's just the whole screen. There's right. there's no, there's no, uh, points that are different. I'm not um, sure how that's when you touch up. different areas. I, I don't know either. That's yeah. right. Well, that'll be a good be a good thing for someone uh, when I fix it gets a hand a hold of it and starts tearing <laughs> the damn thing apart. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of surprising that they were able to cram that into the same. I think supposedly it's slightly thicker, like like just like unnoticeably thicker. Well, thank goodness. If it was thinner, um, we'd all go nuts. Like you don't need a thinner phone. Come on. <laughs> and. Yeah, and it still supposedly still fits in the same cases, but it's actually just slightly thicker. And but it's still kind of cool that they were able to get that in in without you know making it substantially larger. That's right. That's right. And you know, I think uh, kind of coupled with that, so the other hardware feature is um, they have a better camera, but it's no th- thicker either, and it's substantially better. It's got twice as many pixels. It's twelve megapixels. Uh, wait, I, th- I think they said it's twice. Wait, did they say it's twice as many pixels? I'm always confused about that because the previous yeah. one is eight. But am I doing the area thing wrong? Um, I I have I have stopped paying attention to the camera because the camera is already well surpassed so my good. my my photo- my photography ability. So. Oh, I just I love it. I take you know it, it I mean, varies. It's just if you get the right place, I take a picture. You know, there's always like, there's always Phil Schiller up there and he's showing you all these these gorgeous pictures. Like, Look at that one, and I'm like, yeah, okay, these are these are beautiful. I'll never take a picture like that. I mean, it's nice that the camera's better, but it's <laughs> the the problem is no longer the camera. The problem has always been <laughs> for the last since since probably the iPhone 4, the problem has been me, not the camera. I saw people on uh, Twitter saying, well, what this convinces me is I need to go to Iceland is the, uh, <laughs> the real yeah, right, the right. real answer. That's what's going to cost you that ticket to Iceland. That's is, what, maybe that's where you get all the good pictures. Oh my gosh. Uh, Iceland, of course. My, it's a beautiful country, apparently. Um, uh, so, but, uh, but the, so the camera is now, it's a 4K uh, video camera, basically, which is fascinating. And it's going to have better low light sensitivity and they put a five megapixel camera on the front, the front FaceTime camera versus the back. Um, what is the back now called the eyesight camera? Eyesight yeah, camera, exactly right. right? Yeah. So back is eyesight front is FaceTime and having uh, gotten again, the 12 inch MacBook is a great revelation as a first generation product because it has a really low res FaceTime camera and I hate it. It's got bad light sensitivity. <laughs> 
And I don't even use it that much. Whenever I do, it's so terrible. I don't even want to do FaceTime on it. I pick up my iPhone or an iPad instead. And this obviously gone very much a different direction. They're like, FaceTime is super important for people with iPhones. They're using it a lot. So they went up and they're making something that's going to be crisper and um, retina flash. Yeah. Know. Which was uh, a clever idea. Uh, I, I, again, I don't think I'm going to use it that much. I don't take very many selfies, but, uh, but it's kind of cool that it's there. I'm big. When I travel, I like to take pictures of people who I meet who have, you know, and I'm like, all right, so I don't, I don't do it that much. I never do it of myself. My selfies are all multiple person selfies. I'm like, yeah, that's true. uh, And those are fun. Then if you can hold it out, especially if it's wider, wider angle, or if it's higher resolution, you can zoom in and apart, you can crop it. Uh, differently this live photos feature is very interesting instead of capturing just a single image it's capturing like a little bit of video basically at full resolution and it's giving you a high resolution slice of it but then you push down and it does a little yeah we was trying to figure out figure out what the difference was and then and you've encapsulated it i think is the the difference than than just video because the traditional video on the iphone was at a lower resolution yeah, I think right. they must be. And so, they, so this is actually this is actually at the same resolution as a still photo. My guess is based on how uh, cameras, other devices handle this. It's like essentially a super fast burst mode, and it has to use uh, RAM yeah. instead of uh, flash memory. So, okay. uh, and I forget what I don't know what the devices have now. Probably a gigabyte still, something like that. Maybe they're I think bigger now. Oh. Uh, the, the RAM, RAM? So, yeah, I don't know what the RAM is. It's probably well. There was talk. I think the rumor, the rumor was that it was going to go up to two two gigabytes. They might don't, need. They it don't. Now. They don't talk about that stuff. So they don't like the spec. But so what it'll do yeah, is it'll. I think we have to wait for somebody to rip it apart, right? Yeah. When you take a picture, you'll it'll it'll fill as much RAM. Maybe it reserves you know two hundred megs or whatever it needs to fill RAM with it, um, so it can take the pictures at twenty four frames or fifteen or whatever it's going to be able to do. It'll capture. I don't know. Probably depending on what they're doing, it could be thirty to sixty images it's not very long and then it has to write those to flash but it can do that pretty quickly um yeah they'll take so <laughs> paired with this we can jump ahead a second so paired with this iCloud storage just got cheaper by the way <laughs> i made a joke unless unless you're yeah unless you're not paying anything that's right i made a joke on uh on twitter it was and it got retweeted like hundreds of times i don't usually get retweeted that much i think because marco armit retweeted it i was like well now the new free level of iCloud uh, the five gigabit level will let you store 16 pictures from the new uh iphone <laughs> 6s exactly uh and i don't i thought i was joking and uh so now it's it's so much cheaper though, and um, I don't even have the prices in front of me. It's, yeah, it's uh, twenty it's, gigabytes is now a dollar a month. Oh right, and then uh, two, and then it goes is, up to two hundred for four dollars a month. Yeah, and you can get a terabyte now too, which is nice, like yeah. ten I think or something a month. Twenty twenty bucks a month. Yeah, so now we're much more in line. Like I wrote something a few yeah. months ago when photos for OS ten came out. You can go to macworld.com and look at that. And I did a, a comparison of what do you get from different photos and storage services at Amazon, at um, Microsoft, at um, at uh, Google and the prices were so much lower. You know, Amazon has the, what is it? $12 a year for unlimited photos, like infinite photos. <laughs> and if you're prime, I think it's included or, you know, it's just ridiculous how cheap it is. This starts to put you in line, like $120 a year for a terabyte is not bad. You know, I think uh, Yahoo's charging a hundred bucks for your second terabyte at Flickr. Um, and that's what reflects the real cost. Like it's so cheap. And most people, if you pay for 200 gigabytes, you're using, you know, 25 gigabytes. So it, it's all paid. Um, it all averages out. Okay. For Apple too. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, I may. I'm considering actually doing it now because I, I was not. I still am just on the free tier, and I don't. I don't sync my. I don't use uh, uh, iCloud Photos. Uh, 
Yeah, I've got everything. I've got everything synced through it. So I'm paying. I don't know what I'm paying now. I've got the 200 gig plan, so I'll be paying less, which is nice. Um, I decided to go full in an iCloud photo library, although uh, you know many limits, many issues with that. But it's still been nice to yeah. use in general, especially when you're working in a book and you take screen captures. You take it on your phone, and 10 <laughs> seconds later, it shows up on your Mac. It's very yeah. Useful. Which and yeah, or just writing an article about that stuff. And I mean, it, it, which would be less of a problem if AirDrop worked worth a darn between OS 10 and iOS. Well, so I can't, I cannot get a, I cannot get an airdrop to work between my phone and my, uh, and my Mac at all. Yeah. It's, I fought, it finally works for me with all the current setup, but I have all, I had a, I had a Mac mini die. I got the MacBook for, to review it first and then kept it, you know, bought it, bought one and didn't return it. Um, and so I have all 2015 hardware and a 2014 iPhone, and I, my iPad is like three years old. It all works. I, uh, AirDrop actually works among devices now. But I never had it work before this particular setup. Yeah. Who knows? But so, okay, so iPhone hardware. So it's got an A9 chip, latest chip, uh, M9 motion pro coprocessor for all the tracking of moving around and such. Uh, LTE advanced, which is still not really deployed in many places, but they're being prepared for the future. It'll be much faster cellular networking as that rolls out, which it's on the way. You'll start to be able to get speeds that are, I think, you know, now you can get, I think people have been able to get like 40 megabits per second or even faster. And it's going to start creeping into the hundreds. And they put in 802.11ac Wi-Fi, which is the latest flavor and it's more robust and it allows uh, better use of multiple devices that have different radio setups on the same network. So that's useful as well. So it'll mean that more devices can communicate at their top speeds on the same network instead of sort of crowding out each other. Um, which is useful when you're shipping a lot of video around. But um, I think we should talk about um, the size of storage was an issue. So there's still 16 gigabyte still the models. same, yeah, yeah. This is sort of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously, they're they're really trying to push you up into that second tier. I know, I know. And you're just like, it just feels like, it's not a scam. I mean, they're trying to provide an entry-level thing. It does, there is a difference in cost between... Uh, well, we were talking about this before we record. So, so the 5S is still for sale. You can still get the 5S, the 6. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I mean, the 5S is actually priced pretty well because the the entry-level 5S is uh, $0 now which with 16 gigabytes. And then for $50 more, you get 32 gigs. Right. Right. So it's, which seems reasonable. Right. And the, but, you know, before, because before the cheap phone was the 5C, which uh, only had eight gigs of memory. Or, you know, storage. Yeah, and that was ridiculous. So no one's going to buy. I mean, you shouldn't buy a 16 gig phone. You shouldn't buy it in any capacity. So <laughs> you sure, certainly shouldn't buy an 8 gig phone. <laughs> yeah, 8 gig. No, and even 16 gig. Like 16 gig will work for some people, but it just feels like, especially with the cameras, even in the 5s, uh, you run up against it really fast, or you start to store yeah. music locally. Well, I mean, you know, I I think I think you know you can do it. It, depend, it depends on what kind of user you are. I mean, my mom does not take. She takes a few pictures. She does not use very many apps. She would be perfectly fine with a 16. Well, that's gig true. Phone. Eight gigs, you run up against limits right away. But 16, yeah, yes. I mean, I can see. Yeah, like, I mean, for a while, the eight gigs, you couldn't even, you couldn't even upgrade the phone. <laughs> you couldn't even upgrade the operating system. Oh, that's right. That was hilarious. And they had to fix that. <laughs> but so the, the price point, uh, you pointed out, it's $50 more to go from 16 to 32 gigs with that entry level 5S, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but then, so all the other models are all 16 and 64 gigs so that you can get the iPhone 6. 6 Plus and the two new models and either of those, and then the 6S and 6S Plus, also 128 uh, gigabytes, which is nice. You get a little extra 
yeah. extra space in there. Um, but here, okay, so here's the funny part. Now with pricing, we we're going to talk about this because it's complicated. I wound up writing an article and revising <laughs> it like, oh, I don't know, I think four <laughs> times uh, since we've been talking because uh, while we're on the podcast, I've been revising it. But uh, <laughs> uh, so Apple's, so, okay, so Apple started selling unlocked phones uh, that you could use with carriers at full price a while ago. It's been years since, I can't even remember, four years, five years. Um, so, and that was because people didn't necessarily want to opt into the carrier thing or they wanted to resell it. They wanted to take it to a different carrier. There's a huge resale market for it. So that's known. The carriers have started to expand with getting out of subsidies and letting you pay like installment plan basically. And you, you don't pay a subsidy forever. You pay a certain amount per phone and tablet on your plan and you pay a monthly fee. It's divided into 24 payments or 18 or, or whatever, right? So that's all known. So Apple is waiting in here with a really interesting <laughs> alternative. Um, and it's really specific. So uh, they announced two plans today, but I think most people only realize they announced one. I haven't seen people talking about the other. And so they've announced a kind of what I'd say is now traditional carrier style installment plan. It's 24 months and you can buy any current phone, the 5S all the way up to the 6S Plus. And it's the full cost of the unlocked phone divided by 24 and you pay the whole thing out. And I don't know the details. They haven't provided that much information yet. If you want to buy it out early, I'm assuming you just pay the remainder. Um, but it's interest-free yeah. and you have to get a credit check and it has to be approved and the whole bit. But it's essentially an installment plan that doesn't cost you any more. Um, but you don't get an upgrade option with it. Some of the carriers, AT&T and T-Mobile, are offering installment plans where you can trade in the phone early and get an upgrade. It can be as early as 12 months with uh, AT&T. And with T-Mobile, you can trade in the phone three times a year uh, with their jump-on-demand plan. But then, So then Apple is also offering, <laughs> this is the one that got the attention, iPhone upgrade, which is it uh, lets you upgrade after a year, but... Right. You have to get Apple Care Plus with it. It's built into the price. So right. you get, um, which I have a theory about that. I'll tell you my theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you get uh, you get the iPhone for full cost, basically. You, it's a 24-month term. It's divided out that way. And if you stick out the whole term, Apple Care covers two years. You pay 24 equal payments. And at the end, you don't have Apple Care because it's expired and you own the phone. But after 12 months... You can upgrade. And the thing that I think is interesting is AppleCare Plus buys you only one – in the first 12 months, the only thing it gets you that's different than regular um, AppleCare is accidents. You pay uh, for an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus – sorry, iPhone 6S or 6S Plus, you pay $99. You have up to two incidents where you just break the phone, you drop it, or you do something that's your fault. And they'll replace it under AppleCare Plus. And otherwise, you have to pay – you know, you have to get another phone. Do they charge you $50 for those incidents? No, it's, it's 99 bucks now. It's seventy nine for the Apple Care Plus for um, the oh oh I'm sorry say this so say that again. oh they, they seventy bucks for the Apple Care seventy nine bucks no it's this is what's con yeah see I got into okay. this trouble see, I actually okay. revised the article because Apple <laughs> changed the page at one point I think they updated it incorrectly because at one point it said ninety nine then it said one hundred and twenty nine I go back and I'm like I'm reloading the page and the number's different so Apple Care Plus is a two year plan that you pay it's ninety nine dollars for two years or covers right. the whole period. Uh, for all phones from uh, the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus and earlier, so the everything before that, if you buy an iPhone uh, 6S or 6S Plus, it's $129. Oh, okay. So uh, what you're essentially doing, when you if you do the iPhone upgrade plan, the total cost for 24 months is like 
the phone costs plus $129. The pencil is at exactly the same. But the fact that you can pay for, you're essentially paying for Apple Care Plus by the month. So this is encouraging more people to get coverage and Apple is making mm -hmm. more money and it's got insurance plans have huge markups. So whatever Apple makes from it, they're like, we'd like to get more people paying for extended insurance. And because they already cover most, like all hardware defects in the first year, if you upgrade after a year, you've paid them for a year of Apple Care and plus, and you've really not used it. So that's all free, essentially, unless you break right. your phone, then they're doing the update using hardware they own and ref, you know refurbished hardware they have on hand in large numbers. So I think it's a high margin business for Apple to get into. But if so, I did all the math, and there's actually if you go to MacWorld.com, you can read a story called "iPhone 6S Pricing Plan Offers Frequent Updates and Apple Care Plus for a Premium." It's like it's a huge title uh, because it's so complicated. <laughs> uh, we made a chart, and uh, I after you do all the math, if you're not going to buy Apple Care Plus, it doesn't really make sense to do this. If you plan to get Apple Care Plus, this is a better deal. Um, at any point before two years, at the end of two years, no matter what plan you're on, you'll have paid the same, including the Apple Care cost. But if you want to keep your phone for 12 months, uh, it's actually a much better deal to do this than it is to do, say, AT&T if you want Apple Care Plus. Right. Do you have Apple yeah. Care Plus on your phones? I don't have it. I don't know. I don't have it on my phone, um, but I have some. So I have, it, I have my phones through Verizon and I, I'm on their yearly upgrade plan thing and i they have their own insurance plan have you had to use um, it so I, the carriers are usually they have like a third party that handles it sometimes yeah i haven't had to i have not had to use it that's the thing um, is i feel like this plan is for apple iphone upgrade is for people who hate carriers but yes. have to use a carrier so part of the deal yeah. is it's only us only you have to do it in a store pick up or purchase in a store a retail store you have to have a us registered credit card so it's very limited. They're trying yeah. to keep this from being a way, a conduit, yeah. I guess, as another path for people to buy iPhones. I don't know why. But I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna switch to this. Because um, you want, and, but you want Apple Care as well. You want Apple? Yeah, I think I, I yeah, I would, uh, yeah, because the phone to me, you drop it once. I don't know. You drop it once. right, and it's shattered. I mean, I've seen so many people who are carrying around shattered phones for months on end. Oh, and so because the, they yeah, so it's a hundred bucks. You know, the iPhone S with with Apple Care Plus, it's a hundred bucks for uh the 6S and the 6S Plus if you break it in some way yourself. Per incident, you get two incidents over two years total. And the older phones are 80 bucks with the cheaper iCare Apple Care Plus plan. Um, but so a hundred bucks, you know, and so that's yeah, yeah I mean, that's cheaper than spending I mean, you'd have to get a refurb. Right, getting or something. a whole new phone, yeah. yeah. Or or trying to get it or trying to get it repaired someplace. Yeah, and so you're gonna easily go to the hundreds. That's I used to not get Apple Care Plus and then I had enough manufacturing issues, some of which came up like at one point I uh, had an iPhone, I think it was the 5S, and I had Apple Care Plus for it, and it got dust in the lens, and it was like a year and a half in, or was it five? I forget. And I took it in, and they fixed it, and they didn't fix it right. I took it in, and they're like, all right, here's a refurb. They just gave me a new one. And then yeah. I was buying a 6, and so I sold it as basically an entirely new refurb phone because it was under warranty. It was a perfectly new phone, like out of the refurb case. Um, I mean, I didn't scam them. It wasn't like, hey, something's wrong. It was a manufacturing <laughs> defect, and they did fix it wrong, and they wound up fixing it right. So I was able to sell and get, you know, a couple hundred bucks out of a phone that was, I think at that point, a year and a half for plus old. And that was great. So feels like yeah. it could be worthwhile. And my family members definitely need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. My wife, family. my wife drops her phone all the time. My son drops his, his, you know, his iPod touch all the time. So he's going into middle school. He's going to, he's going to get a phone soon. Um, that was part of the deal. Most, lots of middle school kids these days are getting, are getting phones and, and, uh, 
he well anyway it's a deal we work we're working out yeah but um, he's gonna so he's probably gonna get my my six and my wife and i will get the the six. Oh, but you can't put apple care plus in a phone that's, that's after like 60 days no, I know, oh. but I already have that Verizon. Oh, you do right. Plan, yeah, yeah. Plan on it. So, so that'll be interesting. So, I mean, Apple. It's funny. Yeah. Apple's getting into a business. You know, they're not making money off it. And the carriers really aren't now because they're doing zero financing. It's you know, it's essentially, you can pay us a hundred percent now, or you can pay us a hundred percent exactly with no extra charges over yeah. anywhere from eighteen months to two years. I think they're just trying to they're trying to keep people involved and turn things faster. It means a lot of phones go into the refurb and resale market because yeah. you have to trade in the phone if you're still within the. Um, the payment turns. So like with Apple's program, you can trade the phone in any time between 12 and 23 or sorry, 12 and yeah, 23 months. And you have to trade it in. It has to be in good condition, but you got Apple care plus. So if it's not, they might charge you to fix it. You know, if you really bang the heck out of it, um, as opposed to one of the carriers where they might not do that, they might just say, no, yeah. we're not going to credit you the, the money back. You might have to pay out the phone. Um, but so it's kind of gives people a lot of options and I'm thinking about it. I have an AT&T uh, next plan, which is, um, I'm on like the 24 month one. And do I want to get tied into AT&T or do I want to, you know, trade this phone well, that's, off to my yeah, life? That's the thing. That's the thing. And I find this, I find this whole thing kind of interesting because for a long time, you know, the past few years, we've been hearing people say, oh, these, these so-called, you know, I can call them so-called subsidies. Cause it's not really what a, it's not a subsidy really. Um, and nobody's giving you the money there. It's a loan. Um, and the, people were saying, though, this is terrible for Apple because Apple's phones cost more and nobody's going to want to pay the full price of the phone up front. Um, and now Apple is stepping in and basically like blowing that problem out of the water mm-hmm. and not only, you know, not only making that problem going away, go away, but also turning it into an advantage for themselves because they'll be making the money. Um, on those plans instead of anybody else. Yeah, I mean, because they still they sell them. I mean, I've always forgotten. Does Apple sell at a discount to carriers? If they have a six hundred fifty dollars phone, do they sell it for six hundred fifty dollars to the carrier, or do they sell it? Isn't that funny? I don't really know that today. Or they? I don't. It? Yeah, I don't know that. Isn't either. that weird? I would assume they. I would that. assume there's got there's got to be a discount in there somewhere. Yeah. So at some point they get to capture more of it. They also are they're kind of keeping customers close to them and keeping them happy. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. um, it's very interesting. Well. Uh, that is a complicated series of things. Do we miss anything? We talked about so much. So uh, there's a there's a new color, new color in the sky. Uh, Another new color, new color a, in the rainbow. The phones. There's oh, a, yes. there's a what is it? Um, rose gold. Rose gold. People rose like gold. rose gold a yeah. lot. It's a very pretty color. Yeah, I know. I mean, a lot of a lot of people are pretty jazzed about that. So yeah, yeah. I'm not getting it. But. That's right. Um, and we'll be having uh, right. I think. Gosh. And so we know El Capitan's coming. So we get this next week. We get iOS 9, we get watchOS 2, then... The 16th. The 16th, yeah. uh, and then in t- uh, two weeks after that, we get El Capitan, macOS 10, 10.11, and uh, then we all just cry while we update things and we hope everything works. <laughs> That's what I plan to do. No, but I've been running El, I've been running El Capitan on one on my laptop and not on my desktop yeah. machine. I've been running, I ran iOS 9 public beta for uh, months on my iPad, which I use less often, and then put it on my iPhone, they are more stable than Yosemite and iOS 8. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even at release. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, I would say so. So that's very nice. Yeah. It's what we all asked so. for. We all said, Apple, please stop innovating so fast. Please make things work. <laughs> Just fix stop. it. Just fix it. We can't it. take it anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you, John Moltz, yeah. senior contributor to Mac World and a writer, or the writer, I should say, of... All th- there's a thousand of you. Sorry. The writer of a very nice website.net where you can find very nice things about hardware and Apple stuff and other things. So, John, thanks for being a guest. 
Thank you for having me. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Pleasure. And our sponsors like to thank them this week is Red Hat and Casper Mattresses. Thanks for being part of this. This has been the Macworld Podcast, episode 473 for September 9th, 2015. I have been and remain Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor to Macworld, and we'll be back next week, probably to follow up on some of what we talked about today and to answer your questions about these topics and others. You can email us at podcast at macworld.com. Find us on Twitter or leave uh, comments on the post at macworld.com for this podcast, and we will get to your questions. Thanks very much, folks, and talk to you next week.